Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Bruce Nix, Director of Business Agility for VACO here in the Memphis office. And today we are pleased to welcome Beth Davis as our guest. Beth is an experienced people development leader and agile coach. Um, and, and she's known for her ability to creatively align business strategy to people practices while keeping a passionate focus on workplace culture and values. Um, I, I've had the pleasure of actually uh, co-facilitating an Agile HR workshop with Beth. Um, and, and I can tell you, she is, she is very passionate about the people side of the business, that not just, not just uh, practices of Agile, but how it affects people and, and how it motivates people is, is a big passion of hers. Um, she is also a certified Scrum Master. She's a certified Scrum at Scale practitioner. Um, and she is a certified facilitator of IC Agile, as I mentioned, um, for agility and HR. Um, and she's also a podcast ho a host of In the Loop, um, dedicated to bringing uh, diverse and passionate voices, dedicated to developing a thriving workplace culture, um, creating joy and value with Scrum, and embracing the Agile mindset in work and in life. Um, Beth lives in the greater Pittsburgh area. Uh, she has a husband, three teenagers, and a beloved family dog named Olive. Beth, welcome. Thank you so <laughs> Thanks, much Bruce. for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it, uh, it, you know, you joining us today. Um, I, I've just had the extreme pleasure of obviously going through 23 sessions of our Agile people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, workshops to become facilitators for IC Agile and uh, we just wrapped up an Agile HR. And so, and, and kind of leading into that, a lot of the work that we did uh, in our Agile HR work, uh, workshop was around kind of culture um, yeah. and how that affects people, you know, when you're, you know, adopting versus, you know, the transformation aspect of, kind mm -hmm. of you know, agility. Um, and you're going to be speaking more on that this Thursday at our Agile meetup. Uh, yes. 6 p.m. Central Time. Um, <laughs> uh, so why don't we t talk a little bit about that? So your topic is going to be on, you know, really how to create a truly agile culture. Like, mm -hmm. like what does that really kind of mean, right? I <laughs> Just mean, wave a magic wand and that's it, all it is. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> of course, right? Yeah. We wish. So what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. I, it, you wish it was that easy. It's, you know, it's interesting. I think that what it really means is, you know, how, how do we realize that it takes more than just you know, training or that magic wand to really, you know, shift a culture towards embracing not just agile ways of doing things together. So Scrum and Kanban and all the methodologies, but really there's this, the, the whole human behavior element that comes into play as well. And, and, you know, I always talk about like, if you invest a lot in the methods, but you don't invest in the, the hearts and minds of the people that are actually doing the work, um, let alone the leaders leading the companies in new directions, you know, you kind of get what I affectionately say is better sameness. Um, you really don't get the <laughs> magnitude of change. Right. And, and right. I think what's funny is that often, you know, people do get started more on the methods, you know, and I've seen that throughout my experience. But as soon as it starts to go a little funny, a little sideways, normally it's because it's the change aspect for people and, and you know, things like transparency and just relating to each other. And, you know, I, I just believe so strongly that you can create a culture that is truly agile, um, but it takes investment. You know, you mm -hmm. got to deal with both sides, not just the doing, but the being. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think that's a great point, and, and we've talked about it, but even 
from the because there's going back to my earlier statement about adoption and, and versus transformation the standing up a scrum team you can adopt those practices you can adopt those uh, adopt those mechanics and you'll get some return um, I, I think where people begin to struggle is in that transformation phase of things that transformation journey knowing that trans transforming your culture is going to take a lot longer than just standing up a scrum team absolutely um, and <laughs> you know who's who's I mean, whose primary responsibility is it to really kind of maintain that culture, to look at that culture and, and understand yeah. how, how are all these changes we're attempting to mandate if we're taking a top-down approach to agility, kind of how is that affecting the people? Who's, who's yeah. really responsible for that? Yeah, and I, my answer to that is that, that you know, quite frankly, everyone is at some level. Um, and I think that the, to me, it's shared leadership from the executive team. And, and that includes not only CEOs and CTOs and whatever other C's you have at the top, but also making sure that you know, HR and finance and marketing and sales and everyone really understands the why behind this. And you and I've talked about this often is, why are we doing this, right? Because being right. agile isn't our end game. And, and I think if you have a, a bit of a siloed organization or you're not at least minimally inviting in the people who are responsible for people practices, you know, that's where you start to get some of these, you know, like the warring factions of we're agile, you're not. Um, and I, you know, I come from an HR background and I've, I've just held this belief so strongly that HR can do so much good by, working in collaboration with the business and especially if you're trying to shift to these different ways of, of delivering value and, and products and services, why wouldn't you want to partner right. up? And, and usually the answer I get is like, Oh, HR, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe let's suspend judgment for a minute yeah. <laughs> and have that chat. But it, you know, to me, it also does come down to shared leadership because, you know, and it's not that everyone's going to fall in line behind a CEO. You do get a better chance when everyone that has influence and, perceived a real power in an organization can actually help model some of these changes themselves. Cause it is, as you and I've talked about inside out, right? There right. are some leadership behaviors that have to change too. And um, that takes, that takes courage. It takes some vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, and I, I like the idea of the shared leadership because even because what we're seeing and even as, as we're going to try to grow the agile HR pieces of it, right. I, um, you know, agile marketing has been out there for a while. Now, agile HR is, is kind of, you know, coming along. Um, but that shared leadership, because I think what we're finding and it, the whole purpose behind really the Business Agility Institute even is that there's, you know, there's 12 domains really to achieve organizational agility. And for so long, it has only been sort of that IT. It's like mm -hmm. IT is the only ones. It only matters there. Um, yeah. But as we're, you know, as we've discussed, it's having HR and some of those other leaders at your transformation table, it, you're going to reap so many more benefits than if you're just taking that single viewed approach. Sure. Um, and, 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 you know, I believe strongly and you can use the methodologies for delivery um, really in any line of business, but in HR in particular, because if you think of it, you know, we're providing services products, uh, to me, the product is the employment experience. And within that are such complex processes and laws and 
how do we get this work done? And, and whether you're a huge HR team or a one-person, uh, you know, department, which isn't really a department, it's just a person, um, you know, if you can use the frameworks to help you not only order the chaos a little bit and set priority and a backlog of opportunity, but also then start inviting other people in to create with you. Um, I think the change adoption rate goes so much higher and the ownership of the practice, the process, the intention of, of these people, things that we do in companies increases because it's not coming to you from, you know, that's an HR driven initiative or they're kind of telling us what to do. You're instead inviting others in, you know, much like in product development, you know, invite your customers in to help you create the right solution. Why wouldn't we do that in HR right. when everyone in the company at all levels are, are theoretically benefiting from the services that you provide or, or not in some cases. Right. right. Yeah. And, and what, what do you see as some of the probably biggest impediments to really, I, I mean, changing that culture? I mean, and this, you know, goes back to, you know, some of our conversation. I mean, these, these mental models and biases and behaviors have been ingrained in this organization for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, there's the statement of, you know, your culture is the worst behavior that you tolerate. Yes. So what, what are some of the impediments to really kind of breaking through some of that cultural inertia um, yeah. to kind of really come to realize these new ways of working? Yeah, three, three things come to mind. Um, one is the, uh, the need for, as you've said to me before, leaders to go first. And I think that there's this uh, aspect of the vulnerability to say, you know, there maybe has been some behaviors, either intentionally unhelpful behaviors or ones mm. that didn't realize weren't helpful to engaging people to, to name it and to start to make those shifts and provide coaching and support to leaders who want to show up differently. Because a lot of leaders do real, not enjoy the top-down autocratic uh, leadership style. So I think that's one. Um, and then to your point about the culture is the definition of the worst behaviors. It's also our, our rewards and incentive structures. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're if we're continuing to reward people for only monetary or productivity driven performance and not dealing with, hey, you know, you're really productive, but you're kind of not the most awesome person to be with. Um, you're going to continue to have that culture persist because you're not dealing with your reality. Um, so I think that's another one to go after quickly. And then I think the third thing is is around inclusion, right? And this idea of getting more voices heard and being willing to ask, you know, if we were going, just ask big questions, you know, if we were going to start to make things more transparent, what are your top three fears? You know, and helping people name what they worry about, um, not to say that it's wrong or right, it's, it's just creating the environment where there's psychological safety to say, you know, I don't get this agile thing. I don't understand why we're doing this, but that it's safe to say it's freaking me out a little bit. And I think that all starts with the leaders going first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I think that's really good advice. What, what, um, I I guess someone that is just now really trying to, you know, they're, they're, they've been exposed through to some of the agile ways of working, right? But they're still sort of on the fringe. What what might be some advice you would give them to 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 you know get them more involved um, to even approaching some of the other leaders, saying you know I I need a seat at the table. What would yeah. be some advice that you would give to you know some of those individuals or or departments that typically are just not included in some of that? Yeah, I mean I think part of it is yeah. You know, 
HR in particular, for the 20 some years I've been in it, it's always about being more strategic and, you know, sit at the table or get your seat. And I'm always kind of like, just go sit down. Um, <laughs> and so maybe that's part of the advice is to say, you know, if, if in your company, you know, some of these things are happening, you know, go find someone that you have a relationship with or that you can reach out to and say, you know, I've heard about this, you know, could I sit in on a daily scrum, right? Those are open. Um, can I attend a sprint review? Can I see what this is about? Um, can I just, who's your scrum master? Could I talk to them, you know, just mm-hmm. to ask questions? And I think those are some initial getting people excited. Um, and what I've seen in a lot of companies that I've got the chance to work with is the people who are passionate about it are more than willing to have you come in. And then if you invite them to say, hey, I want to get my team started, you know, that's how I think you can get that change wheel spinning is by just doing those small experiments, you know, and, and there's simple habits that I think you can start with too, to right. just do something different, like do a daily, daily scrum. Don't call it that if you don't need to, but you know, 15 minutes, what are we working on today? What's in our way? What are we doing, you know, from yesterday Yeah. or retrospecting once a week? I used to do that with my teams. Like we weren't using scrum, but every Friday we'd go for a walk and say like, how was the week, you know, and right. <laughs> what's yeah. coming next week. So I just think, yeah. It's those simple modeling of habits um, and then also naming the things that are, that are like I said, worrisome. You know, that's part of the, the culture shift is making it okay to talk about, you know, there's some stuff that we do that maybe isn't so helpful, but first let's understand why we do it. Maybe there's some reason, but maybe somebody just doesn't know because they never got the feedback um, yeah. or they didn't realize that it was causing um, like a ripple effect. So yeah. I think just asking. Yeah, no, I, I love it. It sounds that. so I, simple, but it does take courage. You know, no, it takes yeah, a lot of courage yeah. to go do that. <laughs> I, absolutely. And I, and I think that's where, you know, some of the um, values of Scrum come in, which mm-hmm. one of them is courage, right? And then, but even talking about just the, you know, the pillars of Scrum around transparency, inspection, and adaptation, right? You can't inspect what you can't see. Um, yeah. And I, I love the idea of sort of that simple approach. That's a, a friend. Um, just uh, turned me on to BJ Fogg, uh, you know, simple habits. And I, I really, and of course, James Clear with his habit stacking. And I, I just, I, I think that's great. Yes, you know, get yeah. together, t- start talking about what's, what's in our way of, of really ha- achieving our goals, right? And then reframing those questions from not so much of if we only had this. So from a, you, you know, that's, that's sort of a, almost a complaining, you know, you can't do anything about it approach to more uh, reframing it of how might we, how, yeah, might how we can we, yeah. What is, area? what is one thing, right? What, yeah. What's the small thing. And, and it's, even if it totally fails, you're still going to learn something. Um, and I, a fast story. I remember working with a, a, a team of inexperienced uh, HR people uh, and we used Scrum to do benefits open enrollment and they had never done open enrollment. They had no experience with it, nor did they understand Scrum. But I just said, let's just do this. We'll try it. And I kind of, we took them through enough to get started. And we started having these ideas of doing presentations or something like that about, you know, telling people about the benefits and said, well, we've never done that here before. I said, okay, well, you know, we got feedback that people wanted more communication. So let's try it. Well, what if no one shows up? And I said, well, then we just learned something about our yeah. culture, right? right? So even if it was epic failure, we still would learn that exactly. wasn't the thing to get people to come learn about their benefits. And thankfully, and, and I was happy this happened, we had 100% turnout <laughs> and it wasn't mandatory. Yeah. So it, it we listened to our customer. They said they wanted more. We offered something. Not everyone loved it, but they got something. And then we got what? More feedback. And I feel right. like that level of, of trying something out you tell everybody it's an experiment so that we're only investing, you know, like this much time and effort 
And if mm-hmm. it totally doesn't work out, we still learned a lot. Yeah. And I, I think leading the way to make it okay for a team, especially that's more inexperienced when you have someone more experienced saying, listen, if it totally bombs, it's not on any of us. Like we just, we tried and it didn't work. And yeah. I think their pressure relief valve went off too. So I think to what you said about the culture, you know, if you have a high stress, busy culture, and you're still also talking about we value well-being and wellness for our employees, you know, I think, again, shifting towards this more agile approach helps you address that strategically because yeah. it's less about going faster. It's about going faster together towards the right things instead of yep. this busyness that gets everyone all, you know, stressed out all the time. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that ties back to the, you know, rewards and compensation because that's where most of the fear comes from. If this blows up, how is that going to affect my performance review, mm-hmm. my bonus so it, it getting out of that, you know, that that I mindset and more of the the we, um, mm-hmm. and, and we still have a long way to go with that. But sure. I, I certainly, you know, there's people that are doing more participatory, you know, budgeting. Um, so it, it's not just a few people making those decisions. It's the people closest to the issues that are making the decisions. So I, I think it's it, it's a good step. Definitely. Thanks. Well, yeah. And, and I think, you know, <laughs> wrapping it all up, it's, it's just, you know, who do you want to be, you know, and, and there's no one size fits all. And, you know, some of the things we just talked about might seem like really out there for some more traditional companies. Um, that doesn't mean you can't do small experiments and, yeah. and change where you are. So what if you can't change the entire system? Do what you can where you are, you know, and that's exactly. something to feel, feel pride about, I think, yep. at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Start, start small, start simple, and, and just start stacking on top of it. That's right. That's <laughs> well, Beth, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate your time today. And, uh, you know, look forward to hearing more this Thursday. Definitely um, looking forward to, to a good conversation there, uh, gaining some more insight. Anything else you would like to, to say to, to our audience before we close out? Yeah, just thanks for inviting me. And, you know, even though I'm up here in Pittsburgh, I think that there's, you know, just continuing to find more and more of us um, who care deeply about creating great workplaces. And so I'm happy to get to be a part of uh, the the Memphis group on Thursday. And I think the more we all can just keep fanning these flames, I think there's so much good that we can do with and for others. So let's just keep doing it. Yeah, no, I love that. And that's why I I enjoy, you know, working with you so much. I, I appreciate it, Beth. Thank you so much, and we will see you Thursday. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. All right. right. Thanks.